right? Okay, amen. I'll, I'll leave the acrobats to uh, Brother Fiavai, so. It's only two words I have to say. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, praise the Lord tonight. If you're glad you're in the Lord's house, say amen. If you were to die today, and you know for sure that you would be in heaven because you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, say amen. amen. If you went forward into the waters of baptism and willingly accepted the calling to become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, say amen. amen. Then tonight I'm speaking to the right people. To the world, the events that happen to you, to the world, to this wicked world, the events that you might experience, both the tragedies, the happiness, the joys, the sadnesses, the trials and the tribulations, to the world that is happenstance. To the world that is like the tossing of a dice. To the world that is just the universe. But we know better. As a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, we know that every single event that happens in our life, whether good, whether bad, whether something that brings us joy or brings a tear to our heart, is there to do one powerful thing. To magnify a very specific aspect in our life. And that is for you and I to grow in our trust and faith in our Creator, our Savior, and our Lord. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn over real quick to Psalm 18. We're going to get there in just a moment, Psalm 18. Before we get there, though, I want to kind of set the settings. How many of you struggle in your faith? Not right now, because you're in church. But how many of you struggle in your faith? How many of you face sometimes a door and you're like, I'm not sure if I want to go through that. And the Lord is trying to increase that. He's trying to assist you. Because again, as I said... As a disciple of the Lord, you should know that every day, every event, every experience is to bring you to the revelation that you not only should trust the Lord, but you can trust the Lord. And if you believe he's worthy of that, say amen. We have the prophets, amen? We have God's holy word. How many of you struggle in reading it? Especially in the books like Leviticus. Amen? How many of you have been on Leviticus for the last three years? We have his holy word. His word is written so that we can, here we go, ready? Learn to trust him. We have the different parables and the teachings from our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, they're stories, 
but they're stories with a scriptural teaching to help us understand that God is with us and is going to help us. We have the different events that you see in Scripture, the miracles. How many of you believe in miracles? How many, when you look at Scripture, you go, I'd like to walk on water. But how many of you are a little terrified that if you got to walk on water, you may not react the same way Peter did? Amen? You might not just be calling out to the Lord, help me. You might be screaming, I'm drowning. Why? Because we struggle a little bit with our faith, amen? We shouldn't, but we do. We have the teachings of the Word. In fact, sometimes even in Scripture, the Lord will point out specific events, and sometimes He'll even give you revelation to say, hey, wait a minute, Turn around, look at what's going on. That's there just for you. How many have experienced that? That moment, that event was just for you. I catered it for you. I could even have put a bow on it and handed it to you because I just want to help you. Trust me more. When my kids were little, I would tell them, Trust me, I'm dad, I know everything. And if I don't know everything, I know the one that does. As I've gotten older, they've looked at me and they've said, Dad, I've realized something about you. You know less than I thought you knew when I was a kid. That's the miracle. You tell them, trust me, you hope they will. Amen? How many of you have ever had your child, especially the dads? You're the dad, you've walked through the door. Unbeknownst to you, your little one is poised on the couch or hidden behind the wall and is ready to launch themselves through the air the moment you walk through the door, anticipating and hoping you will catch them. How many had, have had children like that? I remember coming through the door one time. This was before Parker was born and Bennett was about a year old. I came through the door. He's standing on the back of the couch. As soon as I open the door, all I see is a blur of movement and a body launching itself towards me. As a little over two-year-old with their arms out is saying, catch me. I caught him. Not well. (laughs) It was, here we go, ready? A miracle. Miracle that he didn't go to the hospital. A miracle that I didn't hurt him. A miracle he did not hurt me. Now, why do I share that? That's a miracle of an everyday life. How many have experienced miracles of everyday life? The Lord is not just containing them in Scripture. He's bringing them into your very life to try and help you. Say, He's saying, just trust me. Will you just trust me? 
So the question this evening is, again, say amen if you believe the Lord is worthy of being trusted. Then why is it so hard for us to do it? Why is it so hard for us to trust him? Just somehow do we think that God isn't capable? Does somehow do we think that for some reason God's power can't handle my problem? Or do we think my problem, here we go, ready, isn't worthy of his attention? We might be anywhere in those three items or somewhere new that you think you've created, but the reality is somebody already has parked in that same moment. But for whatever reason, we all struggle with trusting the Lord. Why do we say sometimes, I trust him? But every action and every word says, well, let me see. Let me state that again. Why do we say with our words, we trust him? But our actions, they say, well, let me see. I'm, I'm not sure if I can get on that ride. I'm not sure if I can do that, Lord. I know you want me to, but I'm not sure if I can. And the Lord's all the time saying, wait a minute. It's not about you, it's about me. Trust me. If you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, your faith should not be in yourself. Your faith should be in the one that saved your soul. Amen? Again, I ask you to turn to Psalm 18. If you're there already, say amen. Let's go ahead and go to the word in prayer, or Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight as we open your scripture, Lord, I ask, I beg, I plead that the message that you've given to me will come out loud and clear. Lord, we struggle in our faith. Not so much that maybe anyone else notices but you. Our words may be big, but our heart trembles in fear. For Lord, sometimes you have us walk very difficult paths. Lord, tonight, increase our faith. Challenge our faith. And reveal to us even just once more, how you are worthy of our faith. In your son's blessed name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Psalm 18, verse 2, says the following. It says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom, here we go, ready, I will trust. 
my buckler, and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Now when David wrote that, he was declaring his faith like a victory. What kind of faith should we have? The faith that doesn't know the end of the book? Or the faith that does know the end of the book? How many of you like that the end of the book, God wins? Amen? Amen? He wins the war. The individual battle may be a little uh, not sure what's going on, but we know the end. So why do we tremble? Why do we have this? Why do we struggle? What kind of faith and trust should we have in the Lord? Should it be the kind that says, well, Lord, I know you've proven over and over and over and again, but this time, can you just prove one more time? Lord, I know you've done such mighty things in my life, but I'm afraid again. I need your help again. How many can think right now of at least one miracle you have experienced in your personal life? If you can think of at least one, raise your hand. Now hold them up high. Those of you that don't have your hands up, I want you to now take the free hand that should be up and put it over your heart. Is it still beating? That's a miracle too. Because you don't deserve to be alive. Every one of us experiences miracles every single day. And our voice of our faith shouldn't be one of fear and trembling. The voice of our faith should be one that says, God fights for me. He's the fortress. He's the one that's going to win. I'm just here because he died on the cross for me. Praise the Lord. How many of you were ever, as a child, the plus one? You know what that means? You go to an amusement park, you go to the, and you're the odd kid. You look over there and they're sitting together and they're sitting together and they're sitting together and you're going, okay, this ride sits two, 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 and I'm the seventh, so I guess, which one am I going to sit with? I guess I'm sitting by my... And then that weird person steps up and says, can I sit with you? Amen? How many of you ever experienced that? You're the odd man out. Praise the Lord. You look at that person, you go, can I get through this ride? Amen? That awkwardness that you feel right now with just me describing that, do you sometimes feel that just in your face with the Lord? You feel the odd man out? You feel like you're on the train all by yourself? And you feel like maybe the Lord isn't really there for you? Remember, you can have your feelings. It doesn't make it true. Amen? We're supposed to have a different view. And that different view is even though visually that chair doesn't look filled, 
Spiritually, we know who's sitting there. And the one that's sitting there is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that died on the cross. And here we go, ready? Not only died on the cross, but shook the ground as he got up three days later. And if he can do that, do you think he can take care of your problem? Your faith. We should be having not a faith of fear, but a faith of, here we go, ready? Triumph. What do I mean? Turn to Isaiah chapter 26 real fast. Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26, look at verse 1. It says here, again, once you're there, say amen. I used to have the, a race and a game at church. And that was any time that I asked to turn to a verse, it was the first one that got there shouted amen. And it was just to see who got there first. The whole goal was to see if you can get there before I did. But anyway, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 1, it says here, In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bucklers. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting what? So let me ask you. What kind of faith do you have? Is your faith the kind that wavers? Or is your faith that says, I don't care the problem, I don't care the challenge, God's already won. And I'm ready to see the next miracle. What kind of faith do you have? Do you have the type of faith that says, you know what, Lord, I know everything about me is supposed to trust you, but I'm kind of over here in the corner and I'm going, can we just kind of, can I get off this ride? How many have ever felt like that? Can I just get off? But we're not supposed to have the faith of fear. We're supposed to have the faith of victory. The victory's already won. Our Lord is already on the throne. It's just a time till we get there, amen? But how's your faith? Many years ago, I heard a preaching on this passage that I'm about to read, and it really convicted my faith. And I don't know if it'll convict yours, but maybe it can inspire yours. Turn over to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 41. Mark chapter 12, verse 41. Don't worry, I'm watching the clock. I promise to get you out before midnight. Brother Adam says he needs his beauty sleep. Mark chapter 12, verse 41. Again, if you're there already, say amen. Jesus is people watching. How many of you have ever been people watching? How many of you are guilty of people watching? 
Look what it says here, verse 41. It says, And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. Jesus is over by the box. He's by the money box, and he's watching people as they go in the temple, and they're putting in their offerings, they're putting in their giftings, they're putting in their monies, and he's sitting there, and he's watching and observing. little side note, here we go, ready? When you think the Lord's not watching, he's watching. Amen? He's sitting there, and he's watching, and he's observing what's happening And he's about to make a very powerful point to his disciples. And by extension to us. Because he's seeing a lot of people go and put their monies in. And some are putting in a lot of money. And some are putting in not as much. But he's going to focus in on one individual. One individual that puts in more than everyone else. And it's not by the dollar amount. It's by the amount from her faith. What do I mean? Look at verse 42. It says here, And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. Now, I don't know about you, but... How many of you like money? But how many of you know what a farthing is? Okay, everybody that's under 10 years old, put your hand down. A farthing. Here we go, ready? How many of you ever seen a penny? Y'all know what a penny is, amen? Okay, if you took a penny and took a knife and cut it, Directly into four pieces, four equal pieces of that penny. Two of those pieces is a farthing. That's it. That's how much she put in. She didn't even have a full penny. Now, when I was a kid, there was a rhyme. See a penny, pick it up. Amen? Now, I'm not going to finish it because that's, you know, That's not God willing and good. But you saw a penny and what'd you do? You picked it up. These days, a teenager won't even bend over for a dollar. (laughs) You know, how many of you still pick up a penny if you see it on the ground? Praise the Lord. You notice no, but, well, wait, one. Nobody in these first two rows would do that. They'd see a penny and they'd go, it's not worth it. She doesn't even have a penny. It's not worth it. The Bible says she's poor. And she has no husband. But she puts in these two pieces of coin. The Lord signals his disciples and he says, come on over here. I need to explain something to you. Look what it says in verse 43. It says here, And he called unto his disciples and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you. Now, 
I don't know what Jesus sounded like. I remember my, my oldest son, he goes, he goes, I think Jesus kind of sounded like, uh, you know, deep and, you know, throaty and one of those voices that all he has to do is say anything and it sounds cool. And I had to tell him, I was like, I don't think Jesus sounded cool. But I do believe he had a voice that when he spoke, everybody listened. Amen? So he starts speaking and he says to his disciples, he says, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hast cast more in, into that treasury, into that offering box, than all they which have cast into the treasury. Now, as a disciple, you're probably at that moment going, well, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't... Hard to wrap your mind around that, obviously, somebody that's putting in paper money is a lot more than putting in a couple, half a penny, amen? But then he explains what he means. He says, for all they did cast of their abundance. But she, of her want, did cast in all that she had, even all her living. You know what Jesus just explained about this woman? Her faith was so great that she said, Lord, everything I have, everything I have. How many would say right now you have at least more than a penny in your savings jar? How many would say that you have several pennies worth in your checking account? How many of you would say right now, your faith is strong enough to say, I'm ready to empty out my entire checking account, my entire savings account. I'm even going to go to the piggy bank and I'm going to open it up and I'm going to shake it out. I'm, going to, I'm able to give Jesus, here we go, ready? Everything. Every penny. Even to the point where I don't have anything left to live on. And yet this woman, she wasn't doing it to show. It wasn't like she was saying, hey, look at me. But Jesus saw it. And by extension, he's explaining it to us. He's saying, that kind of faith is what I'm looking for. The faith that says, Lord, you have everything. My entire being, my all in all, everything I have, I put in your hands. How many would say that's a hard faith? But that's the faith that is a faith of triumph. That's the faith that he's explaining to the disciples. He's saying, that's what I'm looking for. That's the faith that where the Lord is bringing you 
to the very edge. Because I'm going to explain something to you. Like a muscle, faith that is not exercised isn't very useful. Now, I, I've gotten a few years older than I was when I was in high school, amen? How many of us can identify? When I was in high school, we ran the 440 relay. That means four guys passing that baton, one lap. We made it to state every single year, but we never won state. The team that would beat us would just blast past us. But you know what? You know what our coach said? If you put everything into this race, I don't care if you win or lose. It's what you do on that track that matters. Now, that was just a coach speaking. But in reality, what he's trying to say is this. The individual battle, you may not win. Amen? But if you're willing to put everything in God's hands, you will see something you didn't see before. If you're willing to put everything in God's hands and he takes you to the very edge, to that point where you are sinking, that's when you're going to see power in your life. That's when you're going to see those incredible miracles like we see in Scripture. What do I mean? Well, first of all, you need to understand that some individuals can see more than what you see. Would you agree that at least that covers our Lord? That he can see what you can't see? My wife likes to laugh at me and she goes, you know, you're almost a foot taller than me. You see things coming before I do. And I said, yes. And she goes, so why don't you warn me? <laughs> you see, if you trust in things other than the Lord, if you trust in your own strengths, you will not have the same results, amen? In fact, Psalm 118 verse 8 says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. If you trust in the government, dot, dot, dot. If you trust in the government, you will not get the results you're looking for. Amen. Psalm 118 verse 9 said, it is better to trust in the Lord than to have confidence in princes. Amen? If you trust in your stuff, how many of you got stuff? How many of you have garages to put your stuff in? 
How many of you have had stuff that you haven't seen in a few years? When my wife and I, we moved up here, one of the things I said in my head, I said, you know what? I need to make sure I open every single box. Because I don't want to be that guy that has boxes in the garage 10 years later that he doesn't even know what's in the box other than what he's written on the side of the box. How many of you have boxes in your garage that you do not know what's in there? You just have what's written on the side of it. And if you're like me, it was probably your wife who wrote something on the side. So you don't even know what is in the box. Amen? But if you trust in your stuff, you will not get the result you're looking for. Psalm 20 verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots, some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. If you trust in the Lord, you will not be forsaken. Psalm 34, turn over there real fast, Psalm 34. Psalm 34, once you're there, say amen. Psalm 34, praise the Lord, those that said amen already, they're... Beat me, praise God. Psalm 34, verse 22, it says, The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants. Here we go, ready? And none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. That's a promise. Our faith is not blind. Now, some of our faith is in things we cannot see, amen? But our foundation of our faith is not in blindness. It is in the power, the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you trust in the Lord, he may bring you to the very edge. He may bring you to the breaking point. But it's at that point that you're going to see something you didn't see before. When I was a kid, we used to go and hike at Yosemite. No, that's not Yellowstone. It's Yosemite. I know, it's in the state that shall not be renamed, you know. We used to go and hike there, and when I was in eighth grade, that was the first time I got to go hike, and um, even though I'm a little bit taller now, I was a lot shorter then. In fact, I was still only four foot five when I graduated eighth grade. I was short. And we had to climb a mountain. And supposedly at the top of that mountain was the glaciers. And we were going to camp right by the glaciers. And they would talk that up around the campfire and say, you can't, can't wait till you get there. It's so impressive. You will just be in awe of what God has created. All I cared about was the 100-pound pack on my back and the weariness in my legs. And I remember our leader, Mr. Barnes, took his walking staff and he turns it and he sticks the point right in the center of my backpack and starts pushing me. Oh, I was not happy. 
Now, I was trying to be a good Christian boy, so I wasn't saying the words that were coming in my head. But I was unhappy that he was forcing me up that hill. But see, here's the thing. He was there before. For me, it was the first time. For him, it was a return trip. He had eyes that could see something I could not see. And it wasn't until I got to the top of the mountain that suddenly I could see what he could see. In our faith, sometimes the Lord has to bring you to that very edge. And it's that point, here we go, that most of us say, I quit. At that point, most of us say, I'm done. Amen? Some, most of us, or some of us will say, can I get a pass? Can I do this later? Because I don't want to do it right now. But the Lord is saying, there's something beyond that hillside that I can see and you need to see it. Trust me. I am worthy of being trusted. What do I mean? Once a long time ago, a prophet named Elisha. How many have ever heard of him? Elisha was one of those that the kings didn't like. And the kings, especially the king of Syria, said, I want him in prison, and I don't care the price. So he sent an army all the way down from Syria down into the Holy Land, and they found out that Elisha was in a town called Dothan, and he surrounded the town. How many of you have ever felt like you were surrounded by the enemy? Surrounded the town. And as Elisha slept, his servant wakes up early in the morning. And he goes to the wall. And he sees the town surrounded. Turn over real quick to 2 Kings. We're almost done. Bear with me. Praise the Lord. 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Again, once you're there, say amen. amen. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 14. These boys are starting to get into it. They're racing. They're seeing who's going to get there first. Amen. Jason's like, no way. I'm doing it first. Jason... Are you fast? No, you're not. That, that had no confidence. Praise the Lord. 2 Kings chapter 6, look at verse 14. Again, this is diving into this moment. It says, Therefore sent he hither horses and chariots, this is the king of Syria, and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man Behold, an host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, and in other words, the servant runs to Elisha, and he says, Alas, my master, how shall we do? 
In other words, he says, Master, we're in trouble. What are we going to do? Elisha had eyes that could see what the servant couldn't see. And Elisha looks at the servant and he goes, greater is those that are with us. Look what he says next. Verse 16, he, and he answered, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his what? Eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and beheld the mountain. Now again, that's not around the city. That's around the army that is around the city. He says, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about the city. Where was God's army? Around Elisha. Nobody could touch him unless they had permission by his creator. No one can touch you unless they have permission by your Savior. You are compassed about with a great and mighty army. And if you have eyes that can see, you will see the miracle of God's head of, hedge of protection he has put around you. But only if like the widow's might, you will trust him with everything you have and everything you are. Only with your all and all will you see what Elisha could see. Tonight, can I end with this question? This question, I want to read it so I get it just right. Does your faith adjust according to the size of the problem you are facing? Or does your faith adjust according to the size of the God that stands with you in the problem you are facing? How's your faith? Is it a voice of triumph or just a little scared? No matter which, God is saying, trust me. I am worthy of your trust. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that this message 
has reached the heart that it was intended to reach. Lord, I pray that our faith is not just words that are hollow, but an action that shows and proclaims your mighty power. Lord, I pray that our faith does not wither, but it grows. And Lord, I pray that you can help us see beyond the moment, beyond the now, and see the victory. Lord, our faith is in you, not in our own selves. But sometimes it's hard. Lord, forgive us for that. And Lord, compassed us about with your great mighty army and help us to see those fiery chariots. In your son's blessed name, Jesus, we pray. As the piano plays, you come. Maybe you come because everything I just shared went right over your head because you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. Or maybe you're struggling in your faith. Or maybe you feel like you got an enemy that's surrounding you. Elisha prayed to increase his faith. Tonight, so can you. As Brother Nate sings, you come.